I want what I want when I want it. President and certainly Republican leaders, uh, they want this tax reform package to go through. But uh, our next guest um, believes that the Trump tax cut already in trouble. Stan Collender is back with us, executive vice president at the international public relations firm uh, Corvus MSL Group. Uh, Stan served, by the way, on the staffs of the House and Senate Budget Committees. He's also the author of The Guide to the Federal Budget, so he knows how Washington works or sometimes doesn't work. And he joins us on the phone from Washington. Um, Stan, good to have you here with Corey and myself. You say uh, the tax cut, the Trump tax cut, is already in trouble. How so? Well, it it was virtually inevitable that almost any tax plan was going to be in some political hot heat uh, almost immediately. This one, it, it took less than two days. For a variety of reasons, one, it, it, it's a substantial increase in the deficit of somewhere between, at least according to the numbers we have now, 2.2 and 2.4 trillion over the next 10 years. That's trillion with a TR. Um, but then a lot of the proposals in it would hurt a variety of constituencies that are very vocal and very active and very politically uh, astute. That includes real estate uh, brokers, uh, realtors, home builders. Uh, it, the deduction for state and local taxes would be eliminated. Uh, the mortgage deduction wouldn't be phased out, but wouldn't be of much use to people with the uh, higher standard deduction. So you've already got people lining up, uh, Republicans in uh, blue states and red states, uh, for a variety of reasons, saying this won't work. And the Republican majority isn't big enough to be able to lose that many people. Stan, it makes me feel like we'll never get tax reform because there's always going to be groups, interest groups that are going to have their say or want to have their say and kind of push back on any kind of tax reform. So does that mean folks live with the system we have? We're not going to be able to fix this? Yeah, well, first of all, let's stop calling it tax reform. It's, It's a tax cut. Uh, there are some changes in the system to get the tax cut, but it's really not reform, as you're suggesting. Mm. Um, second, also remember that in the 80s, the last time we did a, quote, tax reform bill, it took three years. Uh, there were a lot of false starts. There were a lot of votes. People had to vote against it once or twice before they could vote for it. Keep in mind that every person in the, co- in the country either pays taxes, it pays taxes in one form or another, and therefore their representatives in the House and Senate care about it. They have to show that they're not willing to just sit back and let people lose some of the benefits they have. So it's going to take some time. This is never going to be a slam dunk. And the administration saying they were going to get it done by the end of uh, this calendar year was crazy. It was never going to happen that fast. So where does it start to fall apart? Is, is, there, is there one uh, uh, third rail that has been uh, crossed here? Well, the mortgage deduction is the big one. State and local uh, well, can I, can I have you? Let me, I'm sorry, sure. I'm interrupting you. Uh, let me have you back up and explain why the mortgage deduction doesn't disappear but does become useless. What's the proposal? Well, the proposal is that the standard deduction would be raised to twenty-four thousand dollars, and that means that unless you've got a McMansion or bigger, um, you're not going to have enough uh, interest to deduct from it. So a lot of so that the incentive for a lot of people to buy homes. Uh, won't be there. Uh, the incentive for a lot of people to be able to sell their homes with the, those that bought it with the deduction won't be there. Um, so, Corey, I, honestly, my guess is if this sticks around, they're going to have to figure out a way to make them both possible. That is a higher standard deduction, maybe not quite as high, but keeping the mortgage interest deduction around. Which That's would mean an even bigger tax cut. Uh, yeah, well, it would be in, unless there are some offsets. Uh, that is, unless they do some spending cuts or revenue increases other places. And now you've got the problem, just what Carol was saying, which is no matter which direction you go, you're going to get opponents to what you're trying to do. 
Um, so tax reform is very difficult politically. It's very difficult substantively. And it can't be done quickly. It just, it's right. just not the kind of substance, substantive argument that can be done quickly. And that's kind of part of the problem, right? Certainly uh, the president and his team and Republicans are feeling some pressure to get something done because you've got midterm elections. Probably everybody's feeling some pressure to get something done. You've got midterm elections coming up and voters are going to be saying, what have you done for me lately? Uh, having said that, though, Stan, if people take the time and really be constructive about truly tax reform, that would be something different. Um, but you don't see that as likely. No, not at all. In fact, uh, it's interesting, the music you played uh, and the, as we went into this segment, I want what I want what I wanted, <laughs> is almost exactly what Donald Trump is saying. Uh, that is, substance be damned, I, I want this and I want this by the end of the year. There's no reason to rush on this. There's, there's no economic imperative. It's not a recession where we need a, a tax stimulus. Uh, in fact, we should be taking our time and getting it done right so that it can last another 30 years rather than have to be redone months after it was put in place. Stan, as I mentioned, you worked on both the staffs of the House and Senate Budget Committees. You understand how things make their way through Congress and how it all works. And you do have to kind of invest and take some time to really maybe come out with something that uh, makes a difference and has an impact. Uh how do we get back to that process in Washington? Well, actually, Carol, what they're using the budget process, or they're going to try to use the budget process this this week to uh, expedite everything, to to get around the, uh, the, the you know with the, what they call it, the standard way of doing things: committee hearings, uh, markups, votes, those types of things. Instead, they want to use the the same process that failed for health care reconciliation to do this with taxes. And, and I suspect what's going to have to happen here is the reconciliation process is going to have to fail again with tax reform for members to say, all right, let's go back to committee. Let's have some serious discussions. Let's see where the compromises are possible. And let's see what we can do on a bipartisan basis. The That's reconciliation process take. seems like a dream here. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to be there. They're, you know, to call it a process even seems like an exaggeration. Well, they're, they're, at least it works on paper. Uh, but, Corey, you're exactly right. I, I wrote a couple of weeks ago in my Forbes column that um, they, the Republicans have essentially wasted a whole year trying to wait to do reconciliation. Instead, if they had started in January with the, the normal legislative process, that is committee hearings, what we all heard in uh, how a bill becomes a law by the League of Women Voters or Schoolhouse Rock, depending upon your age, um, that's what they needed to get back to. And uh, remember, with reconciliation, you, you need to, just a simple majority, and that gives any one or two Republicans the ability to scuttle this. Bob Corker from Tennessee, who's announced his retirement, has already said he's not going to vote for anything that increases the deficit. That means Republicans can lose only one more vote in the Senate before this doesn't happen. Stan Collender, let me ask you, though, something. What kind of tax poly policy would really make a difference in terms of Americans in terms of their pocketbooks and spending along the entire income scale, if you will. And what difference would make it, you know, what kind of tax policy would really make a difference to the economy, create maybe some economic momentum? Well, I mean, there are two things, obviously. One, on the corporate side, you want to provide an, an incentive for uh, corporations to bring back some of their money, but then also to reinvest it into economic activities here rather than just paying off shareholders. Stan, thank you so much. Stan Collender at uh, Corvus.